You know, hearing that hockey is coming back makes me feel so alive from SoCal. It's Saturday night. (laughs) That's right. Tonight on Locked on Anaheim Ducks, I'm joined by C. Morley, and we're going to talk some actual hockey news and get ready, Ducks fans, because the Mighty Ducks are coming back. The quack attack is back on tonight's Locked on Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, or T-L-O-P-N, or Tloppin. And once again, thanks to the Mad Hat Hucksters for playing us in. Uh, I'm just going to get right into it. Don't forget to rate, comment, subscribe. All that jazz, like this kind of jazz. Hey! And also, you can follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks. That's the intro. That's me. Here's my guest for today. She is a writer for SB Nation. Ducks fans, you may know her work. Because, yeah, 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 you might know her work. (laughs) It's C. Morley. C, how are you doing? Hello, I'm doing well. <laughs> For the fine folks, why don't you tell the Ducks fans where they can see your work currently? Yeah, I am writing at Anaheim Calling. I cover all three California teams for SB Nation. So we've got Jules from the Crown for the Kings and Fear the Fin for the Sharks. But Anaheim Calling is where you can find all your Ducks content. And we're going to go hard at World Juniors. So pretty excited about that. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, but there, <laughs> there was a fairly big story. I guess we probably should talk about a little bit yeah (laughs) it's like the only hockey news we've gotten in months (laughs) hey i haven't said i haven't watched a game in 281 days it's been a long time yeah (laughs) that's when you know it's bad you count the days yeah that's a little rough (laughs) but by the time the season hopefully starts it will be 10 months and two days since the ducks played competitive hockey but the big news is that the NHL and NHLPA, as you may have heard on last night's emergency podcast, is a 56-game season with some more details to be ironed out, especially the big one. Is there going to be an all-Canada division? So let's get right into it and talk about last night's news. What what did you think of it when you read that last night? I mean, this has been the rumors of 56, or I think the lowest was, what, 52? Yeah. Is the lowest possible. Um, so it was pretty expected. Actually, the first thing that stood out to me is the fact that um, players who are at risk or um, their immediate family members who are at risk are going to be allowed to opt out of the season. Um, but the NHL isn't going to pay them. And I think that's insane because the NWHL is holding a bubble for their season and paying players who are choosing to opt out. So, like, if a women's league with way less funding can do that, what is the NHL doing? That's awful to me. <laughs> they're doing jack squat is what they're doing. It's just, what is the purpose of the NHLPA? Because they are truly not taking care of their players. I think, like, sorry to start this out on a negative note, because I am excited that hockey's coming back. I think there's obviously the question of uh, the morality of holding sports while we're in the middle of a pandemic, obviously. But, like... Oh, man, that that really that was the first thing that got to me. I just I, clown I, mean, league. <laughs> I, I will have way more thoughts on the morality side of it on next week's show. That's a little preview for you folks. There's going to be a little bit of um, a special edition show next week talking about that. Hmm. <laughs> and this has to do with a different league, not the NHL. But yeah, I'm, I'm just going to leave it at that. 
I don't like the fact that the players aren't getting paid if they opt out. Obviously, health always has to come first. And to me, that was the most important thing. What about the health of the players? What about the fact that they insist they're not jumping in line or not running through hoops to get a vaccine, which could be, I don't know, February, March, April, who knows? But you got to think for the first half of the season, players still have to be careful. They still have to maintain protocol and still have to kind of live in a semi-bubble area, question mark, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, uh, there's kind of question as to to where teams are going to play. I mean, right now, the Sharks cannot play the season and there are at least open the season in their arena and that's what owners have been pushing for for months is for teams to open in their own arenas even without fans they still want to be at home and I know players don't want to be you know the players who participated in the bubble this summer had a hard time with it it's not easy you saw Tuka Rask go home because yeah. it was that hard to be away from his family for that long it is a big ask and uh, especially a big ass to be doing this in front of no one. You're not seeing the benefits of doing it in that kind of immediate way. And so, yeah, I just, my big question too is where are these players going to play if not their home arenas? What What is the plan here? <laughs> like you can agree on 56 games all you want, but like local regulations right now are going to really screw the NHL over in terms of where teams are going to be able to play. Yeah, look at Santa Clara County. They can't play at the Shark Tank. Uh, they cannot play at the Roracle, according to the latest news article that I saw. What does that leave? The Cow Palace? I mean, the San Francisco Bulls played there seven years ago. There's your Cow Palace reference, folks. <laughs> yeah, and I believe the Cow Palace said that they um, brought their own stuff to to make the ice or whatever. The before. Colossal like, they Ice. Yeah, they don't actually have, like, the capabilities to do that. <laughs> so, like, there are uh, a lot of um, struggles <laughs> in terms of getting into the Cal Palace even. So, yeah, I, I don't know what the Sharks are going to do. I don't have any insight there, unfortunately. Yeah, neither do I. I mean, the last time I was there, you've never been to the Cal Palace, have you? I have not. Where they stuck the media in the Cal Palace was quite a crap show. It was bad. <laughs> They, oh, yeah. were, they were not center ice. No, they were behind one of the nets. Oh, no. I hate that. Oh, that's oh, awful. The Cow Palace, still one of the most unique experiences I've ever had. Ever. Oh, I can imagine. Ever, ever. In front of about 500 fans. <laughs> I wish I was joking. I'm really not. Yeah. <laughs> and the, and the one time that I was in the stands of the Cow Palace... Um, some of the players that didn't dress, they were right there in the stands. So we just chatted the whole game. Yeah, I love doing that at um, ECHL games. <laughs> when they come up to the press box, and you're just like chatting with them. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I mean, part of me misses the ECHL for that reason, because it kind of felt like the wild, wild west. Yes, it does. I, I covered the ECHL for a couple of years. And yeah, it... <laughs> like the the big thing is you notice the no cheering in the press box is not a rule in the nope. <laughs> because you are so invested like you know the, those are hometown teams like people really get into it and so like they don't care if you cheer in the press box and i kind of love that <laughs> but i feel it was a unique experience out in the west coast because you had those kind of rinky dink arenas like the cow palace and then you had the midnight games in las vegas for crying out mm. loud yeah midnight hockey I yeah. <laughs> do kind of miss that. But back to the NHL. I don't know what's going to happen with the California teams because those regulations could change because California is so strict with their rules. 
um, Santa Clara County I mentioned. L.A. County, they could have some restrictions because their numbers are rising steadily. They may or may not be able to play at Staples Center. It sounds like they are. But yeah, you have to think uh, about provinces as well. Are they going to play at their own arenas? Yeah, it seems like uh, L.A. and Anaheim seem like they they have more of a chance of getting an exception to be able to, like, just them be allowed to play. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, in Canada, especially you're looking at Manitoba, um, the Jets have had a lot of issues there. Um, I have a feeling Ontario is probably um, pretty strict. I think the latest report was that like one um, Providence in particular. And then you look at the comments and everyone's blaming a different one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only, the only province that's a little bit loose in their regulations is, of course, Alberta. <laughs> Yeah, right. Alberta. So there may be an Edmonton bubble <laughs> again. Again? Oh my god! It'll be their third one because they're doing World Juniors as well. So. <laughs> hey, but they're used to this by now. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> they're a well-oiled machine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll segue into Juniors in a second, but just to finish the thoughts on the NHL, uh, this taxi squad idea that I wanted to talk about because I know you also have covered minor league hockey as well. Um, it looks like they're going to have a few members from AHL teams to go into those taxi squads. And then that opens up about 150 AHL spots overall. So this is going to have a real trickle-down effect on the American Hockey League as well. And something else to consider, there might be some teams that opt out of this season in the AHL as well. We saw that in the ECHL where about a dozen teams have opted out. There's only, I think, 13 teams playing as of right now. Yeah, 13. I count 13 as of now. Might be mm-hmm. 14. Might be with, um, oh God, Fort Wayne, the Comets. They might play. Maybe. We'll see. Everyone else around them has opted out. So <laughs> Except for the Indie Fuel. Yeah, yes, that's true. Um, yeah, it's... <sighs> There's, it's weird because there, there's kind of two different things going on where you have currently a lot of ECHL players without teams for this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you also are going to end up with AHL teams that uh, opt out and therefore their squads are going to be displaced for a year. Um, but then you're also going to have these openings that uh, bring in uh, a couple extra roster spots on AHL squads. So... It'll be interesting. I think you might see some one-year contracts with some ECHL guys even. I mean, or, you know, the teams that opt out, their AHL guys are going to just go play somewhere else. Yeah, get ready (laughs) for the Matt Register show, folks. Mm -hmm. Who remembers Matt Register? (laughs) (laughs) It's time for the Colton Yellowhorn show. (laughs) There's a blast from the past. Kyle Bigos, come back and play in the ECHL. Why don't you? Oh, God. Um... Yeah, oh god, that was my favorite part of the I can last say that be- is the, I can the say that because I actually know. I can say that because I actually know Kyle Bigos. So there's that. Hi, Kyle, if you're listening. Perfect. Oh, what were you gonna say? I'm sorry. Oh, I just loved in the the lockout when uh, you had NHL players playing in the ECHL. I would love that. Hey, again. I was covering the ECHL when that happened. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have met so many fantastic players back then. I don't know if that yeah. happened to you too. Uh, no, I wasn't covering it at the time. I was just a fan. Uh, so <laughs> that was an interesting season uh, because I was down in SoCal. We had a lot of LA Kings players play for the Ontario Reign. Believe awesome. it or not, well, because the Ducks affiliate was in Norfolk, Virginia. Mm-hmm. So I'm out in Ontario, 
and you had Kyle Clifford play in the ECHL. You had Devin Setaguchi playing in the ECHL. Remember when Ilya Kovalchuk played in the minors? Oh my briefly? god. <laughs> when was that? Long ago. Oh. Uh. But seeing Devin Setaguchi up close, who is awesome because he has an awesome name, like I do. Of course. Wait, did I just reveal something? Anyway, we're going to skip over that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Cliffy was on there. Michael Hutchinson was on there. Braden Holtby came back to the ECHL briefly. Mm-hmm. And some and someone else, Gaspar Kopitar, because oh because you had a lot of siblings all of a sudden playing in the ECHL, their brothers came out mm-hmm. all the time. So I got to meet Andre Kopitar again. That rule, that kind of non-existent rule back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And one of my favorites, the Lamaru sisters came out. Oh, hell yeah. Mario Lamaru yeah. was playing for the Ontario Reign. The sisters came out. They are fantastic. That's awesome. Yep. W- one of my favorite meets. Not Kopitar, not the NHL. No, the Lamaru sisters. They're gold medal <laughs> winners, folks. As they should be. One of my favorite parts of covering the 2019 All-Star Game was getting to talk to Brianna Decker. So, like, I totally understand. <laughs> oh, you're so lucky. Yes, she's fantastic. Uh, we're running up against it. And I, oh, I'm a little bit famished. I'm a little famished right now. I think I need to grab a snack really quick. Oh, hey, look what I have in my hot little hands. See, I have some Built Bar with me. <laughs> How oh. convenient. Yeah. Oh, they're very convenient. They're a very convenient protein bar that tastes like a candy bar made with 100% real chocolate. Uh, the flavor that I'm loving right now, white chocolate cookies and cream. Just that, that alone. Awesome. Oh, it is awesome. Oh, I jumped all over that. And you can too if you go to BuiltBar.com. They have plenty of delicious flavors like double chocolate, cherry barcia, and cookies and cream, which is my personal favorite. Once again, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. That's pretty damn delicious. And they're also made in a nut-free facility for those of you that don't like nuts or are allergic they have plenty of those flavors there. So go to BuiltBar.com and they can enter promo code Locked On to get 20% off your next order. See, we have our own little Locked On promo code. How awesome is that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so once again, go to BuiltBar.com. Locked On code gets you 20% off your next order. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the land. And we're going to have more with C. Morley after the first intermission Get the Zamboni out and stay locked in. (laughs) That's cute. I don't know where that came from. (laughs) Welcome back to the best podcast in the world. I mean, the podcast sponsored by the best protein bar in the world. (laughs) This is Locked on Ducks brought to you by Built Bar. I'm joined by C. Morley. How's it going, C? Still good. Still great. (laughs) So there is something else that I know we're both going to be covering a lot, and that's the World Junior Championships. Yes. It's that season. (laughs) Tis the season to watch hockey. Fa-la-la-la-la. La-la Fontaine. (laughs) I mean, yeah. You know, I'm actually really grateful this year that like we get to watch world juniors totally unimpeded by anything else yes it's 
kind of nice to just get to tune into the prospects. You know, normally you have to like prioritize, okay, which games can I fit in while I'm also covering the NHL right now? So to just kind of sit back and watch some kids play, I'm all for it. I remember last year being very hectic when I was uh, going to the Ducks games and then also covering World Juniors, and I kind of had to watch my time. And it was especially tough that weekend of Boxing Day because there was a Ducks home game. They had an early game. I'm like, oh, shoot, but I'm going to miss this. So I had to record it, watch it at 1 in the morning. <laughs> oh, no. But this year, this yes. year, not so much. Every game is going to be on NHL. Every game on Including NHL. the exhibition. Yeah. Yeah. Can you believe that? I don't think we've awesome. ever had that happen before. No, they actually, there was a release about it, and it is the first time that every single game is going to be on NHL Network. Of course, I'm sure they're just happy to have the programming. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> blessing know. in disguise, really. But because there are so many prospects out there, especially for the California teams this year, uh, the Sharks have four, there is one team that has no prospects. Yes, it is the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, but they won a championship recently. They don't have to go out and get uh, youth. Have you looked at their prospect pipeline? I have. <laughs> I did recently. Actually, it was when I was writing up all of the rosters, and I did have to look and see, you know, why they don't have anyone. And, oh, my God, their prospects are all so old. <laughs> it's, be it's because they made a lot of punts in order to win that Stanley Cup, which did work. Yeah. So oh, I guess yeah. in that sense, it worked good for them. Yay for them. Gloria. But they're not going to get another one anytime soon, in case anyone was wondering. Oh, hell no. <laughs> they do not have the prospects. <laughs> no. Be happy with the one. Hey, it's their first one in their franchise history. I think they're pretty thrilled with that. Yeah, they don't need another one for, what, 10 years at least? <laughs> at least. Uh, but there's a couple players that I'm very excited about watching in World's Juniors in different countries. I'm going to start with someone that I'm very excited to see, and that is Jackson Lacombe. You thought I was going to go someone else first, didn't you? <laughs> I mean, Drysdale is the obvious answer. But... <laughs> I'm saving the best ones for last. Yeah. <laughs> but we talked a little bit about college hockey, and Jackson Lacombe is one of those guys out in Minnesota. So... Yes. Oh, go ahead. Yes, the Gophers are, I mean, they're undefeated this season. They've been unreal. Um, and following them has been really good for me because they have – I mean, they have at least one prospect from all three California teams, so it kind of gets them all in one. <laughs> yeah, you have uh, Brock Faber, I think, from the Kings. Yep, yep. and Scott Reedy from the Sharks. I've so... also been watching Minnesota. They're good, folks. They're really good. Yes. Oh, my God. They're so much fun. <laughs> like, And they have a great goaltender, too. So, like, Ooh. they're just uh, – and they – um, from what I have heard, because I am I have not traditionally been a Minnesota fan, I haven't really been a college hockey person. I don't understand college sports in general, but um, <laughs> uh, people have said that this is kind of the first year that they've had a really active defense in a long time, and so um, it's been pretty fun to watch. And you know, Lacombe is part of that. I think he's been a little quiet with Minnesota so far this year, um, but. He, I think World Juniors is going to be a good chance for him to to kind of step up and show a little bit more. <laughs> See, I I love his too. I love his defense. He, yeah, there were at times where he played some really damn good shutdown hockey on the defensive end, and I think yeah, that's I the think reason. There are just times that he kind of disappears in the play like he has those moments where yeah. he does play really good defense, but sometimes he can just kind of disappear away from the puck. Yeah. Um, 
And I think that's why the Team USA Hockey, they opted to go more with actual defensive players, like players that actually play defense. Last year in World Juniors, they kind of went a little bit too offensive-minded, and it was fine, but they didn't win the gold medal. Right. Although, they do have Ducks prospect Henry Thrun, who is an offensive defenseman. (laughs) He's an offensive defenseman, but he's also a shutdown defenseman as well. And that's someone that I saw a lot of, by the way. So I I can talk more about him. He's a very complete player. Um, I love his game. Mm-hmm. I uh, I think this year is really unfortunate for him. Um, you know, obviously the pandemic is going to change course for a lot of guys' um, growth and development. Um, but him in particular with Harvard and the Ivy Leagues not doing sports at all, he is kind of forced back into the USHL. And I think he is too good for the USHL. So that's a little unfortunate, but maybe... Um, if the AHL season starts up or something, we can see a little bit more of him somewhere else. All right. Uh, we're going to head into the second intermission and quack, quack, folks. Quack, quack. Yeah, I mean, I got to see Henry Thrun up close and personal. Really super nice guy, by the way, um, Henry Thrun. Uh, he played down here in Irvine last year. Mm. The SoCal clash that was between ASU and Harvard. So I got to see a bunch of these prospects up close. And Henry Thrun was the one player that I was super um, invested in watching because his growth and development over the past year and a half has been tremendous. Uh, he's become more active on the offensive end, but he's become more complete on the defensive end as well. Uh, he's got a really, really greatly developed active stick on the defensive end. And shout out Laura Saba, active stick. There's the term for today. <laughs> I, I shout out. I love my... you, Laura. <laughs> Hi, Laura. <laughs> but yeah, no, his active stick has been tremendous. Uh, he will go after those loose pucks as well and get in the dirty zones if if need be. Mm-hmm. So I like seeing that part of his game develop as well. He's getting more aggressive too. That's something that you love seeing from a defenseman with his size. Yeah, he's a very smart player who can read the ice really well and read the plays. And um, I think, in ter- you know, the Ducks' defense <laughs> is is what it is. Um, but I think coming up, he's going to be a really big part of the the Ducks' future defense. I mean, call a spade a spade. The Ducks' defense has truly been crap. Yeah. (laughs) I feel bad for John Gibson. I can't come in here as a Sharks fan and be like, whoa, your Ducks' defense is bullshit. (laughs) No, we're calling it like it is. It's terrible. (laughs) All right. I I said that several times last season. Defense, where the hell are you? Uh, (laughs) Maybe Shattenkirk will help a little bit with that. Yes. I, I genuinely think Shattenkirk was a good, great move by the Ducks. But, absolutely. Um, in terms of future, Henry Thrun is someone that the Ducks fans can absolutely look forward to seeing. He's great. And I think this tournament's going to be um, a really good display of his skills. All right. Now let's get to the other players that we want to mention. And I'm going to stick with the USA first. And Sam Colangelo, I think, is going to be a great fit for Team USA Hockey. But 
someone that I'm looking forward to seeing once again this season. I sung his praises last year. I'm going to sing him again. And we're going from A to Zegris. Oh, yes. Trevor Zegris. <laughs> he, he led the USA in points in last year's WJC with nine points. They were all primary assists. But good Lord, those were sick assists last year. I yeah, he's, he's fun to watch. He's just fun. <laughs> like, he is. I, I expect him to play in the Ducks roster this coming season, by the way. Uh, I would, too. I think so. And that's not so much a bold prediction, but I think it's going to happen, given that there's going to be taxi squads. Watch, Trevor Zegers is going to be on that taxi squad start of the year. He's going to dazzle everyone. He's going to impress Coach Dallas Eakins, and he'll be on the roster by April. Maybe even March. Yeah, I think, um, like, we're talking about players whose development is going to take a different path. Those taxi squads, too, are are going to affect um, a lot of the players who are maybe on the cusp that, like, this year, maybe if it would have been any other year, they would have either been, like, one of the last cuts at camp and been a call-up later or been, like, you know, kind of a fringe player that's alternating out of the press box or whatever. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of those kind of players take uh, either get an opportunity with the taxi squad or um, it's going to see less playing time for them. So it could be, you know, kind of this bad thing. They're not playing in the AHL and they're not playing in the NHL. So it could go either way. But I think that um, that being essentially an expanded roster that there's no reason Zegras wouldn't be playing in the NHL this year. I think he's just, he's reached that point. <laughs> Yeah, and because this is SoCal, there are two names that I do want to mention that were also in WJC's last year that I know you're excited to see again. Arthur Kaliev and Alex Turcott, both Kings prospects, but holy crap, they're good. Yeah, I, I'm one of the few people I think that is not quite as high on Turcott as everyone else. Um, I think at fifth overall, that was maybe... A little too soon, but hey, I uh, I, I do, thought I thought another Kings good. prospect was overrated recently. So there's that. Yeah, he's still very good. I'm not gonna pretend. I just I am maybe not as high on him um, as obviously the Kings are. But are you saying what uh, I think you're saying? What do you think I'm saying? <laughs> I think you're implying that he might be a little overrated. A little bit overrated, just like a little bit. <laughs> Duck, Ducks fans wouldn't mind you saying that because yeah, just a little I, bit overrated. Because I but... used to say the same thing about Gabe Velarde. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I can see where you're coming on that, actually. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I like like I said, he's still very good. I just don't think that. Um, I don't know. I'm not as high on him. But uh, Kaliev is one that I love watching. Kaliev, he's great. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you're getting Brock Faber from the Kings as well on Team USA, and he's been killing it with Minnesota. So uh, very, very good squad, um, but not as good as they could have been. Yeah. Because <laughs> their forward group is just compared, especially when you look at, you know, Team Canada, who is always the heavy hitters here. Yep. Um, their forward group just doesn't stand up <laughs> when you compare it. <laughs> and... Um, they lost out on Thomas Bordalo from the Sharks because of COVID protocols, and that's going to be a big loss for them. That's I a think. massive loss. Yeah. Um, but USA has an easier path 
to the final this year <laughs> than in years past. And part of that is that uh, Team Sweden got just like wrecked by COVID. Just totally, totally wrecked. Yeah. And, and, and now on the other group, Group A, uh, Germany's getting wrecked because they had eight positive cases before entering the bubble. Yep. And yep. they're in the death group with Canada. Who, you see how I segue there. There's yeah. one player in particular. Okay, now we're saving the best for last <laughs> from Team Canada. Uh, the one guy that I'm super excited to see from Team Canada is Justin Bur- oh, No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's another defenseman. Ja- I think Justin Barone's a great player. Um, no, um, Jamie Drysdale, obviously, is a supreme talent. Yes. yes, that's for you Ducks fans. A supreme talent. <laughs> you know the meme. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, drafted sixth overall by the Ducks out of Toronto, Ontario. Played with the Erie Otters. What else can you say about Jamie Dries- Dreisel that has not been said already? I know. I feel like all this offseason, that's all, <laughs> all I've talked about is Dreisel. <laughs> but, like, uh, he's so good. And... <laughs> um. I mean, he was basically a point-per-game player for the Otters. Um, and as a defender, that's insane. That's so good. Yeah. <laughs> so he, um, he's going to be, I think, first-line defense. Uh, from from I, what I've been seeing from the practices and the practice rosters, I'm seeing Drysdale almost constantly on that first-line defense. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, and last year's tournament, he had, I want to say three points. Let me double-check that. Uh, yeah, he had three points in last year's tournament. Um, he had a goal and two assists in seven games. Not bad. Um, so I, it makes sense to me that he's going to be up on that top line. Or oh, top absolutely. pair, rather. All right. So before we head into the second intermission, officially, what is your prediction for this year's WJC? Oh, see. It's been so I, long since I've done any kind of <laughs> predictions about um, anything. Yes, I don't know that I want to make like I think I, I think the easy thing is to say that Canada's going to win it. Um of course there could be like <laughs> I don't know. I keep thinking the phrase American hero Troy Terry in my head <laughs> um because <laughs> that World Juniors upset so many Canadians. <laughs> like I can just imagine something like that. Like what if it's Trevor Zegras this time that just <laughs> Are you saying you want to piss off the Canadians Canada. this year? Oh, pissing off Canadians is my favorite thing to do. But Wait, so uh, <laughs> should we do that right now? Because I'm ready to make a bold prediction. Uh, oh. A week ago, I said that USA was going to make the gold medal game. I think seeing how they're kind of lining up, I think I want to expand on that. I think USA is going to win gold this year. Oh, that is bold. That is very bold. <laughs> oh, they do have like the best goaltending though. Like... That is, that's the biggest thing. Like, they have insanely good goaltenders, so it kind of almost doesn't matter that they can't score. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know that I'll go that bold, but I think that even though Germany did get hit pretty hard, I think Germany is actually going to be pretty good this year. Um, I I think think they'll be good, but I think think they're going to get hit too hard. They might end up with the bad matchup in the round of eight. Yeah, that's fair. I think Finland and Sweden are definitely, they've been hit hard by COVID and like 
they've also had quite a bit of turnover from last year. They don't have that many returners. So I'm not sure um, how well they're going to do this year. I think we're going to see a little bit of a mix up, maybe like Canada, USA, Russia, Germany in the top four. That's my my bold prediction. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty bold prediction. I like it. Yeah. Folks, we ran a little bit long today, so we're going to continue our conversation with C. Morley next week. Don't forget to rate, comment, subscribe if you have not already. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyJD. Once again, thanks to C. Morley for coming along. I greatly appreciate having her on Locked on Anaheim Ducks. Once again, follow her at Now You See Me. That's Now You See Me, but spelled S-I-E. And you can follow her at SB Nation covering all California hockey, including the Anaheim Ducks. So great having her on. And we're going to talk about the Mighty Ducks next time we have her on. So be sure to stay tuned for that. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, this is Jason J.D. Hernandez reminding you to stay safe, wear a mask, and be kind to one another. And ducks fly together. And once again, play us out, Mad Hat Hucksters. Have a good weekend, everyone. And if you sing and deck the halls, better do it over a Zoom call. Because it's a pandemic Christmas this year. Well, let's not debate to be unsafe and try to carry on. Because Santa's slate has got to wait. Just order from Amazon. Or there'll be no social gathering. As long as all those Karens are battering. It's a pandemic Christmas this year. Go, go, go!